Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hello, guys. Welcome. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for the follows on Instagram and support. You can follow the show there at. Uh, Joe Rogan experience review at Instagram or whatever the thing is, but the the link is in the kind of you know description for this show, and you can email me whatever you want, questions, comments, you name it. So uh, last week Joe was hunting in Lanai for Axis Deer, which sounds fucking badass, and I would love to do that. Uh, I don't know how he got on. I'm sure he got something. Usually does, but uh, seems like a good time and. And what I've been doing um, when he heads out on kind of like a week off vacation or whatever is I go back and I look at some classic JREs to review. I've only done one before, and that was the very first episode, the very first JRE. And this time around, I wanted to do podcast 138 with Anthony Bourdain. Obviously, Anthony has passed. He, He committed suicide, I think, was it this year, earlier this year? Um, I'm not sure exactly, but, but he passed away and I just want to do a bit of a tribute to him because it was an excellent podcast. I really enjoyed it. And it was the first time I, I got a really intimate, close look, you know, at, to listen to what the man had to say. Anyway, let's start the review. classic jre review time um again uh, for people that uh, have not listened to this one it's a very old one it's podcast 138 i recommend going back and listening to it it is really good and i try to find that they're always my very favorite episodes when i'm doing a classic and, and i have a list of like five that i'll pick forward on but if anyone out there wants me to do one in particular from the past that they really enjoyed and, uh, you know, just to throw my two cents at and, and see if it lines up with yours or maybe I picked up some things that you didn't see or vice versa, let me know. You know, shoot me a message and, and I can always check one of those out for sure. I love listening to any ones of the old ones from the past. Anthony's an interesting guy because he didn't really get famous until he was like 44 years old. Right, which is a lot later in life, and especially for how famous he got, how well known he became, that's fairly unusual and and pretty inspiring stuff. I know it's rarer that people will have that happen to them, but uh, very cool, you know. So so even up until that age, he really hadn't traveled all that much in the world, and I mean his life and experiences after that point were just 
I mean, exponential change. It just wow. Good for him. You know, he had his show that was out. He had a couple. Uh, very, very good. Um, uh, what were the names of his shows? Without Borders and then um, the other one. Shit. Blanking. But uh, both of them were fantastic and so different than any other type of cooking show. I mean, it was, it really was like Hunter S. Thompson-esque with like his delivery and his narration. His narration is was always incredible. I mean, there was no way you could ever replace him on that show. There even was some talk after his suicide that they would... Uh, see if Gordon Ramsay would want to do it and and just it was immediately shot down I mean it just wouldn't have made any sense at all you couldn't have even got close you know uh, and I don't want to take anything away from Gordon Ramsay he's just a completely different character you know for the to, to play that what was really nice about his show is that the producers left him alone they really gave him a lot of freedom he talks about to just kind of do his own thing and obviously Joe loves that you know, the, it's a big part of the inspiration that he had to make his podcast and kind of create his life the way that he's done. Um, so it resonated with him. And, and the podcast 138, I think, was back in maybe 2010, I think, is when they did that podcast. Maybe 10 or 11. I guess if he started in, two, I don't know when it was. It wasn't that long into the life of JRE, though, uh, really. And uh, though he wasn't doing as many back then, so maybe it was a couple of years in. But either way, uh, it it was when his podcast wasn't that big and Anthony's show was huge, one of the biggest ones on TV. So for him to have the freedom that he did was very unusual. Most shows were nothing like that, had a lot of producer input and just there was no level of freedom like Anthony had and with that freedom he was able to make his show just brilliant just absolutely brilliant close team of people that he worked with real close even after his death one of the camera guys contacted Joe and came on the the JRE to discuss it and I did a review of that and that was that was really enlightening and a sad one um but basically how he would figure out where he was going to go and get hooked up with the local people is he would reach out to food bloggers, right? Food, so every country has food bloggers and he would just reach out to them, say he was coming and they kind of set everything up with like the best restaurants, the people to meet, what the culture was. And that's what was so beautiful about his show is it wasn't just the food. It was primarily the food, but I mean, also how the food wrapped into the culture and what the history of that place meant. And his narration really brought it to life. I mean, uh, it just created, it just added so much color that it was almost like you'd been there when you watched the show. And and it definitely always made you hungry. For sure. For sure. Um, Joe does what he always does, or mostly does in classic fashion. Brings up some giant ape story called a Bondo ape that is like six foot tall and eats jaguars. And uh, it just kind of pops out of nowhere. But what was good about it is it it brought up that Anthony sometimes on his show will hunt and shoot animals. And then they use the meat and, and etc. And people would get a little mad at him. He said it wasn't too bad. You know, the, the outcry of hate wasn't great. It wasn't huge. Um, obviously, Peter would get upset and some things like that. But 
but he he kind of sh- like would shoot guns on the show quite often and uh especially with the hunting portion i mean it kind of makes sense like if if it wouldn't be weird to to have a show where you're cooking some fish and you go fishing for it first i think i saw gordon ramsay show once where he was doing the uh that catfish fishing and then later on the show they cooked it now sure it's not as dramatic as like shooting a deer and then cooking that but i mean it's it's all kind of like the same thing if that's that culture's way of getting the meat isn't it the most honest representation it's just to show that you can always choose not to watch the show if you don't like it uh it just seems reasonable he did talk about a really cool bar in um cambodia where you can go and drink and get hammered and shoot guns you just kind of pay for it all and it just happens and that, to me, sounded like a great time. Uh, dangerous, obviously. I wouldn't recommend it for everyone, but uh, what a wild little place that Cambodian bar must be. A uh, little nuts there. It was interesting to hear what his favorite meal was. His very favorite meal is a bone marrow and bread, like bo- cooked bone marrow and bread. If you've never had that, I've had that a couple of times. In fact, my girlfriend's father is a huge fan of it. And I think that's because he's Vietnamese, and I think it's a Vietnamese dish, which is something that Bourdain brings up later. Like, his two favorite countries are really Spain and Vietnam. And Vietnam especially just for the culture and the food. And he had a really interesting thing to say about Vietnam, which I I liked a lot. Because Joe was like, are they still mad at us, you know? Us being Americans and the, um, you know, because of the war. And Anthony said something that I'd never really even thought about. Uh, But it was just like, no, because since then they've been in a war, I think, with like the Russians and maybe like the Chinese twice. And it's just a lot of shit going on over there. They're at war all the time. So they're not they're not hung up on it. And I think that adds to the beauty of what that place is. And I would love to go. I I really would love to head over there and uh, and yeah, eat some bone marrow. Um that would be great. Uh, some personal stuff about Anthony. His wife is a huge uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner and a fan of UFC and all the rest of it. Later on in his life, after this podcast, he, she did get Anthony into jiu-jitsu, uh, of which uh, he was really a big fan of. He loved it and was a massive jiu-jitsu practitioner, you know, much later in life and just obsessed. You know, I'm sure his wife was was the motivation behind it. And it's just cool to see that he gets inspired in that way. And and like I said earlier, with his narration for his show, Hunter S. Thompson was a huge influence for Anthony, you know, growing up and, and being a writer and influenced his writing. And you can definitely hear that with the way that he narrates his his show um, and, you know, parts untold and and just how he kind of wraps everything together. It's. It's such beautiful poetry uh, with the way that he described things, which <clears throat> is is good. It makes sense because the the art there's art in the food, you know. Like Joe even says, he never really looked at food as art before. It's like temporary art that you eat. So why shouldn't it be told and described with a kind of poetry, which is uh, pretty awesome? Uh, some they get into some foods on there, elk meat. He likes elk meat. He likes elk liver, for sure. Some foie gras, 
which is the duck liver one where they kind of force feed them. I don't think I've ever had that. Uh, I don't really eat that type of super fancy places anyway. But uh, they they said that it was delicious. They love it. Um, and uh, I guess they were saying that they were banning it in California too. And since I live in California, maybe I can't eat that now. But But I'd like to try it after he said that. I, I would like to. Any vegetarians out there, I apologize. I'm sure you're not loving most of this conversation. But, uh, um, yeah, they, they even talk about vegetarianism and, and what it is. And um, and then they just go back to talking about how great steak is. And, you know, just saying just eat meat. They're, they're not... They, both Joe and um, uh, Anthony are not vegetarians obviously um you can be do it if you want to i was a vegetarian for the first 14 years of my life and then basically i moved to america and i lived in albuquerque new mexico and they didn't have a lot of vegetarian choices so it just slowly became something that i just started eating some meat i mean it was more kind of necessity i mean i, I found myself eating french fries like every day just like pretty much all the time i was like i don't know what else to have um, yeah, but we're not limited now. There's plenty of vegetarian options. Go eat some. Um, it, one thing he talked about, which was cool, is the the breaking of bread with someone. Like you connect over food like nothing else, and maybe that's a bit of an art form that we've lost. Like we don't connect all that much anymore over food. Like it's kind of skipped over, and I think that that is a beautiful thing, a beautiful way of describing things. Um, a funny thing that he talks about is if he had the power, like, became president or whatever, one of the first things he'd do is create an in-and-out, get in-and-out into New York City. I don't know why in-and-out is just on the West Coast. I mean, I'm very fortunate. There's one just, like, about a mile from my house. I absolutely love them. They are, it is delicious. If you've never had an in-and-out and you get to a place where they have them, I think Arizona has them along the freeway, like the I-40 or whatever, runs across there and i know nevada does because they got them in vegas and then california not sure where else but you gotta try if you're into burgers try those for a fast food burger it really is the best i'm a huge fan of that and yeah it's it's so good um the, bourdain is it was very popular in his life and even back in this time he wasn't a comedian but he wrote books and he would go on book tours. And one thing he said is is that he his book tours, the crowds got so big, they started booking him in like larger places in like theaters, like not auditoriums, or maybe, but like a theater space. And it just became this huge Q&A with like a bit of a, maybe like an hour of what he described as stand-up and then followed by, you know, a bit of a Q&A. And it's like similar to what Joe did, does. And I love that transition. I love that he just kind of fell into this and that people were willing to go and watch. I know if he had come to town, I would have definitely gone. He's such a fascinating guy. I would have loved to have got a ticket for that. And uh, how fascinating uh, a talk that must have been with such a cool dude. But anyway, thanks for downloading this one. Check it out uh, if you're interested. It's podcast 138. And you know, it's an homage to the man. Anthony, we miss you. Uh, you you are missed, and you were a fantastically cool and fucking awesome dude. So thanks a lot, guys. Have a great day. Peace.